There it is. Lake Titicaca is at 12,500 feet. Where is it? I, I probably said that completely wrong. Yeah, you probably botched it. <laughs> Well, anyways, um, thank you oh, for joining except, us. Except maybe the Red Sox, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for joining us for another episode of The Modern Method. I am your co-host, Kane. I'm making the full change to Kane. I realize that some of the descriptions still say Eric and stuff like that, but listen. <laughs> You're going to see on the website when we announce it, it's Kane now. Eric and Kane are the same person. I haven't had another Eric on here yet. Right. So, Actually, though, with, with right. you doing that, one of these episodes, you should probably dress up like the rest of their cane. That'd be pretty cool. I should. Like yeah. With the mask and everything. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work audio-wise, but I could do that. <laughs> I mean, I would get entertainment out of it just for the visual effects. Yeah. Maybe I'll just have like a little bipod here and I'll have it stand in front of me so that I can still talk. I'll just have a cut out of the Undertaker. <laughs> oh, no, wait. He has the, his new mask has that mouthpiece. It's like the delete right here so he can actually yeah. move his jaw. Okay. Forget it. I can do it. Cool. Or you just give me like the whole podcast and just put like the microphone up to here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Jesse, why don't you start us off? We have something that's not new necessarily, although the verdict may be a bit newer, but we're talking about Deshaun Watson here for the first part of our podcast today. Yeah, this is, uh, it's not fun being a Browns fan right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what has it ever been? No, I mean, I mean Baker gave us some gave us some good. He gave us a good year, right? The half but, that he showed up for. Well, that's a whole other story. That could be a whole other topic on a podcast. If you really want me to get into that, we might be here for like a few days. Yeah, <laughs> but no. So the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Part of me agrees with you that he should probably not be in the NFL anymore. I mean. Ray Rice totally gave his fiance a right hook and he was done. Right. Well, I mean, people, not just have people gone, been um, kicked out of the NFL for less. Yeah. But I just don't understand the double standard here. So let's back up a little bit. Give us a little rundown on who Deshaun Watson is, when he started, and what is the deal with his contract and stuff like that. Yeah. So essentially, Deshaun Watson, obviously, if nobody knows this, um, had what twenty over twenty, almost thirty some uh, civil lawsuits on him for um, exposing himself to massage therapists. Yeah, it was the last number I saw. I thought was twenty two. Yeah, and so he took twenty twenty one off, obviously for the legal reasons. So then this upcoming off season came off, uh, came off. Yeah, came on, and he was on the market. So all these teams are going to – a lot of teams are going to try for him. I think obviously the Browns are one, the Saints, Falcons, Panthers, uh, Miami. And there was one more. Maybe Seattle. I don't remember who the last one was. But anyways, so essentially the Browns were the highest bidder, which I am not for this contract at all. It is $235 million and all of it's guaranteed. Yep. And $45 million in cash up front. Yeah. So, this, I'm not a fan of the contract at all. And the thing is, 
when have we ever paid somebody that much before? Um, because that's the well, biggest. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers has the highest right now. He's at like two hundred fifty mil. I believe so. Then, um, well, but I mean, for the Browns. Oh no, yeah, he's the highest player ever for the Browns by far. But so, anyways, with that, so the the problem is with the contract. Number one, you are gonna piss off all the owners because that's guaranteed money. Now you give that, you know, that's on the table. Now somebody has that contract. Now all these other players are going to, you know, want that big time money, that guaranteed money. Which for the Browns' case, I'm still up in the air, even if it's going to pay off. That's just me being the optimistic football fan not even just a Browns fan just a football fan and uh, I just I, I don't like it I don't well, like that there has to be a clause in that contract somewhere that has to do with something like this to where they can get out of it though right I mean you would think that this day and age that they would be building those types of escape clauses for themselves because this happens all the time I mean NFL players are not necessarily you know the North Star to your yeah they're not you know the uh, the star citizen some yeah of them. right well a lot of them I mean and for a long time this has been happening so how could how could someone putting up a quarter billion dollars not write that in there now see I don't know because with the guaranteed money I don't know if they're if the Browns are able to get out of that that's a problem because you have the guaranteed money and but yeah, does that mean guaranteed as long as you fulfill your end of the contract. I believe so, but the problem is that the Browns were to release him, that'd be, I think they said like a $146 million cap hit or something, something stupid like that. That's just a ton of money is on the line, and that's probably the only reason why he's not gone. Exactly. So then, on top of all of it... And when we say two, I want to just sort of emphasize this. So this this story, or collection of stories, since it's 22 claimed victims... Broke back in March, I think, right? Uh, no, the story uh, came out, I think, last season. Because it was like one, then more started coming up. Yeah, and it really yeah. blew up this past winter, like towards the tail end of the NFL season. Okay, okay. And it was it's not just exposing himself. He, was, um, he had apparently forced some massage therapist's hands on his whatever. Yeah. And... Um, forced one of them, at least one, to perform oral sex on him. And all these claims fall around this area. He never... I don't want to say he never raped anybody, because I don't know. I haven't read all of the claims yet. Maybe no, he did, they... and you could consider forcing oral sex a rape, I guess. Yeah. So, um, but he never physically harmed anyone I, yeah i think that's what it is yeah so he never held somebody down against their will and like penetrated them or anything that's what i'm trying to get at yeah, i'm not trying yeah. to say that that makes it better i'm just trying to get perspective right so then and this is i think the theory of his suspension and the fine originally the nfl wanted to do 12 games eight million dollar fine mm. all right but obviously him and his sean watson his people didn't like that so I said there were a lot of negotiations. So they did 11 games, $5 million. The ironic thing is when he comes back, the Browns are 
at Houston, his old team. Now, don't tell me that. Tell, don't hear me out here. There's something fishy about that. Why is it specifically 11 games? Where that, you know, week 12, the Browns are in Houston. Against his, his and, old and Houston team. is apparently where all of the, well, most of these um, alleged abuses happen to. Correct. So don't tell me the NFL had something to do with that. On top of the fact that the beginning of the season this year, the CEO, uh, the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson, and now he's in Denver. That Monday night football game, Seattle Seahawks go to Denver. Also week one, Baker Mayfield gets traded to the Carolina Panthers. Week one, the Browns play Carolina in Carolina. Now don't tell me the NFL is trying to make a storyline and make a bunch of ton of money, make a ton of money on this. Oh, of course. So, especially like with with the suspension and the fine and everything, I there's something fishy going on in the NFL, and I just I think it is. I think they're doing it for publicity, money. Because I mean, anymore now, that's all pe- people really care about is money anymore. Uh, right, and that's all the NFL has ever really cared about too. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them to be like farming a situation like that and trying to make it, like you said, a storyline to just like engage people more in a different way to try to combat them having a shit player that they should have. Not, a, I don't, I don't want to say shit player. I don't actually know how he plays. He's a shit person. Yeah, <laughs> playing for yeah. them, playing for them that they can't fire because they put too much money into it. Exactly. So, um, when did the verdict actually come in? So, when does the eleventh, when does the eleven game suspension start? I mean, it started already, but when did it? Um, actually, I think it started this week. So, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think I think it started this week. So, he's not allowed at the facility at all. Nothing. Okay. For- but apparently, there's something in the suspension, and I don't know if this is true or not. This is what I've heard. That like I think the last two weeks of it, he's allowed to at least come back to the facility and start working out. I guess I don't okay. know. Well, um, so really, what's happening is he's getting an eleven game, however long that lasts. That's what is that? A, that's probably not necessarily eleven weeks. It's it's whatever. Well, it's, a, it's eleven weeks of the NFL season, eleven games. Okay, so he's uh, he has a short of three months forced vacation. Essentially, yeah, yeah. That's what they're giving him. Yeah. Um. Obviously, his reputation is pretty screwed after this, but, I mean, he's going to walk away with several hundred million dollars. Oh, for sure. And, I mean, they put that suspension on him, then the wide receiver from uh, the Falcons gets suspended for a whole year for betting on football games. Right. Or if you get caught doping or something like that. Right. Then all of a sudden you're done. I get it. Like, yeah, you know, athletes shouldn't bet against or for their teams. I mean, that's why Pete Rose isn't in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Which again, that's another conversation I can go on for a while. But it's that's essentially the same thing. But it's like, so you do that for gambling, but you only suspend somebody for eleven games for forcing himself onto women. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see where this adds up. Yeah, it doesn't. The whole point is it doesn't, and money talks, and that's where we're at. Yeah, and even Pete Rose was the greatest hitter. Arguably of all time. One of the best all-around baseball players of all time, and he's not even, you know, in the Hall of Fame for gambling. 
sports world is messed up. Way too many politics in it anymore. Yeah, it's honestly too much for me. And you know what? I mean, like you said, it's hard to be a Browns fan. Sometimes it's hard to just be a sports fan at all. Right. And this this is coming from somebody that doesn't even watch the game, though. So, <laughs> but I mean, look who I grew up with. <laughs> right. <laughs> this team that does this. Yeah. So awesome! I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that they bet all the marbles on that guy, dude. And like the problem is, I'm like, can we just please have one year where there's not utter chaos? Like just for once, that'd be nice, right? Because it's it's really getting tiring of being a Browns fan. I know. Like you, you pretty much have to pick a backup team, and the backup team is supposed to be Cincinnati. I mean, I don't mind Cincinnati, but it's Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, so, we had a fun. I mean, we had a fun time in Cincinnati, but that's because it was in the summertime. We were also there not for football. No, that's true. And we were also there for, I mean, not even really in the city technically. I don't think that. I don't think we ever got into downtown. N- no, what was the name of that venue? Wasn't it Riverbend? Yeah, Riverbend Pavilion or something. Um, Pretty little pavilion, just odd placement at a kitty park. Yeah. You have a Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson concert. I mean, at the time, there was nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to necessarily endorse that guy now. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Well, so, I mean, then so also, his... you know, all, you know every, almost every other stand there was Skyline Chili. I'm like, oh, great. We're going to watch a rock concert, drink some beer, and shit our pants. Yeah. Great. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> While watching that weird underground Kentucky wrestling on TV. Oh, yeah, that afterwards. was fantastic. Yeah, that, 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 was, that, that was the icing on the cake. <laughs> this is the, just so everybody knows, this is the type of weekend that you can have in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> if you go there in the summertime and you go to an outdoor pavilion that has just like fake turf for their lawn for you to sit on, it's just curling at the edges and just stained <laughs> and it's just thick with soupy mess from all the previous concerts because how can you clean that? When people right. are spilling beer or whatever and throwing up whatever all right. over the place. That's and why it's I'm okay, like that's 90 why I'm degrees. okay with Blossom. That's got grass. <laughs> and it's like 90 <laughs> degrees. Oh, yeah. we and That was a horrible day to wear jeans. Oof. Yep. Well, we did discover the Pirate's Cove, and that was a pretty cool bar. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, Pretty flashy, but pretty cool. I mean, you had, a brie, you had a brie cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say that it's on the Ohio River, on the bank of the Ohio River, I'm not it yeah, sounds not, like it's pretty tropical or something weird, but it's not. No, it's not. It was a uh, mosquito heaven in that marina hole. Yeah, and um, and it's all brown. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but that's what <laughs> that's what you can do. So, exactly. ta- speaking about go visit though. Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> speaking about money, though, the big news this week from at least the White House, not from the NFL. Is that right. or um, Cincinnati, Ohio? Right. Is that the Biden administration has a student loan debt relief plan? This is something that he had campaigned on that he wanted to forgive, and of course, he didn't know what he was talking about at first. Even though he should have a pretty good grasp on this, especially with his experience and especially with wanting to campaign on such a big thing, that he right. wanted to cancel all debt. Well, we have this. We have this new um, plan that came out that he's not going to cancel anywhere near all of it. For those of you that have student debt, this may sound appealing to you at first. Um, and probably for them, generally people are going to want to do what's best for them instead of what's best for everybody. Right. So 
what he's going to do is he is going to forgive ten thousand dollars if um for for everyone. So at the at a baseline, you get ten thousand dollars from your student debt, totally taken away as long as you earn less than one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year, or your family earns less than a quarter million. But if you received Pell Grants, and Pell Grants are things that you get uh, for low-income families. So like if you went to a community college or something like that, you likely got a Pell Grant as long as, like if you took out loans, I mean, you could go there and still pay the bill, I guess. Right. It would just be smaller, which is the smart thing to do. But, yeah, I mean, I went to college for one year and I, you know, paid off what my debt I have. I mean, it was only like 1200 bucks. Yeah, so. Right, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. Um, exactly. but, but the Pell Grant is there for that additional help if you need it, and people do, and I, I like it. So if you did take out Pell Grants, you get an additional 10. So that's $20,000 total if you had a Pell Grant to pay for your college, and then $10,000 if you did not. Um, for a situation for somebody like me, I don't know how that would um, how that would go because for my undergrad, I got the Pell Grant, but for my graduate degree, I, I did not. So I don't okay. know if it's 20 off the undergrad and then yeah, it can't, but it can't um, be more than 20. So I don't know how it would work. Well, obviously, you know, as time goes on, we'll probably find out more about it. We will. Um, now the, the whole thing here too, is though, this has not passed yet. This is, this is his plan. He has to get this bill passed first. Right. So this is not something that is destined to happen. Yeah. Although it very well may. But so, it, and when you first hear about this, of course, that sounds great. Who wouldn't want to get their their debt paid for? I and, mean, not even student debt, just any debt. Right, exactly. Um, student debt happens to be completely ridiculous, though. Um, but my problem I mean, with it, this is... It doesn't, help that, the interest, it doesn't help the interest rates like 7%. <laughs> no, and I mean, generally... You can refinance. It's really easy to refinance those. Oh, yeah, like like you know. But you will be in debt for many years. Yeah. I mean, if you took out, if you went to, I don't know, if you went to medical school of some sort and you didn't even go to the most expensive places, you might come out owing $200,000. Right. You can like, probably refinance that and pay 30 years on it. Right. I mean, yeah, if you go to like, you know, not an expensive medical school, not if you go to like the case up here in Cleveland, oof. That, right. <laughs> right. Um, and you're still going to pay a lot. I mean, the monthly bill on $200,000 is a ton of money. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like it isn't, but, um, but here's, here's where I start having problems with it though, is that this all of a sudden is going to have a dramatic impact on people that never, ever signed that bill. So here's the deal with capitalism, right? Is that these are probably mostly bills from private institutions because if they were state run or public, they're not going to be anywhere near as much. Your debt is not going to be anywhere close to somebody that went to Case Western Reserve or somebody that went to the University of Southern California or George Washington, whatever, yeah. in DC. Um, and they have right to an extent the right to make their tuition, whatever it is that they want to, just like somebody has the right to make their car priced whatever you want it to be at um if you went out and bought a cadillac they gm has the right to make their car worth so much because they say that it is worth so much right but you don't have to buy that you can buy something else and it does literally the same thing for you it's just not as luxurious so it's sort of the my it's sort of the same thing when it comes to college you can mm -hmm. go to a state-run school or something you can go in cleveland to cuyahoga community college in colorado you can go to pikes peak community college and you can be pretty much debt-free when you walk out, if not, oh, very little. And right, by I mean, very so. little, 
yeah. you still have a degree. And by very little, I mean, for an associate, you're probably only going to owe like $3,000. Yeah. If you think about what people spend $3,000 on, that's not a big deal and you can pay it. Exactly. Um, at the same time, you can do, there are different options for undergrad degrees. You can do um, university partnerships with different colleges and universities. For instance, with mine, my undergrad degree, most people walk out if they went to a four-year college because that's the American thing to do, to do is to go off and live a college in another state somewhere and experience life on your own and then walk out and owe $50,000 in debt for it. Right. But if you do it the other way, which is the fiscally responsible way, and if you and you know what? If you can afford to do that, then by all means, go ahead and do it. That's your choice. Oh, yeah, for sure. But if you're worried about how much you have to pay in student debt, then you might not want to consider that. You might want to consider something else and walk out with $10,000 in debt instead. Exactly. And that is extremely doable. Your bill will be roughly $100 a month instead of five. And that's Which, a I mean, huge that's, difference. And $100 a month, that's most people's phone payments or, you know, their plant, your, your wireless payment, you know, whatever. Right. It's it's totally manageable. Um, I don't think that taxpayers by whole should be responsible for paying for other people's let's be honest loans they took out their loans just like anything else these ones just happen to be way easier to get because and they're way more money than what someone else would give you for because everybody does it all the time and yep. we all owe what ends up being probably over a trillion dollars in debt if we were going to cancel everything so oh, if yeah. we're going to cancel a hundred percent of the student loan debt it's going to be over one trillion dollars and that is more than one of the COVID relief packages right. for all Americans, which caused hyperinflation. Mm -hmm. As we've talked about on the podcast before, I think that someone said that, um, don't don't quote me on this, but it was a really high percentage. It was over 50% of the bills in circulation were printed within the last three years. Yeah. Um, this, this relief plan does not involve printing more money. It involves a new tax on individuals so this is an article that i found from i you know i actually i'm going to start with this one this is something that the wharton's i think this is the budget model from the wharton school of business at the university of pennsylvania which is a pretty renowned uh, yeah. institution for producing you know some pretty substantial individuals talking about this so they had us i'm going to read this quote this is two sentences. So right. we estimate that a one-time maximum debt forgiveness of $10,000 per borrower, which is the lower end of this, we know that they're going to do 20, but they're right. saying just for the $10,000 that it will cost around $300 billion from borrowers with incomes less than $125,000. So, cause above that, you don't get it. You don't get it right. You don't. You don't get that luxury. So this cost increases to three hundred thirty billion dollars if the program is continued over the standard ten-year budget window. So if this passes, this should go into effect for what the standard is for ten years. So we pay the big lump sum right now. Right. So the big sum that's there, the three hundred billion dollars, is based on everybody that still owes. This is also a conservative estimate, based on everybody that still owes. That has been to college and graduated. Yeah. Since it's as far back as people owe for. And then the 10 year window is how much accrues every year. And that's roughly three and a half billion dollars will accrue each year after this one, which okay. is how we come up with the other 30 billion. So 
This cost increased to $330 billion if the program is continued over the standard 10-year budget window. Eliminating the borrower income limit threshold produces a 10-year cost of $344 billion. So increasing the maximum amount forgiven to $50,000 per borrower increases the total cost to as much as $980 billion. It's almost a trillion dollars right there. And we're not even counting people that, I mean, if you made more than 100, well, I'm not going to say that. If you took out loans and you make more than $125,000 now because you're a lawyer or you're a doctor or something like that, then obviously you can see that it's way more than that. So right. this is also an interesting little tidbit. Between 69 and 73% of the debt forgiven accrues to households in the top 60% of the income distribution. So if you make between $0 and $125, the top 60% is where most of this debt is, if that matters to anybody. Um, I don't think that people making $125,000 should be forgiven of their debt. I, that's a lot of money. You can pay it. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I don't really see the problem there. The The threshold should be lower. The total bill will come down because we just heard that most of the debt accruing is in the top 60%. So right. if you take off down to, I mean, even if you took off twenty five grand and made it $100,000 a year cutoff, you still that's still a lot of money. You can oh, yeah. still make it work. I don't know why, like that's your responsibility. Nobody else signed that note for you to take out loans. Okay, so Jesse. Jesse has never taken out student loans before. Nope. Because like he just said, he went to he went to college that one year, paid it himself. Um, let me read you this next article that's gonna tell you how much you're gonna be paying for someone else's either mistake if they decided that they went. And that's absolutely true too. So you can make a mistake. You can go to college and then you can get a degree in um, some something weird and music therapy or something. The job yeah. outlook is very low. You will probably right. not get a job making very much money. So balance that against what you're going to owe total for your bill for getting that degree in the first place. Is this a good idea? Right. So those types of people, you're, you're paying for that. Just so you know. Also, you're paying for the types of people that make plenty of money to pay it back and simply don't want to. <laughs> so, according to CNBC, this is this is what they have um, estimated based on a total cost of between three hundred ninety and four hundred billion dollars for the entire what everybody owes. So, low-income taxpayers earning between one dollar and fifty thousand would have an average additional cost per taxpayer of $190 per year. Okay. Um, I'm not going to... The the category that you and I fall into comes next. Okay. That would increase to $1,040 in additional taxes per year for people with adjusted gross incomes between fifty dollars and $75,000. You will pay an extra $1,000 per year to pay for someone's school that you never ever took part in that entire institution. Right. So we're going to take another $1,000 out of your paycheck on top of what you already pay. So thank you. <laughs> but this also, this goes up to a crazy number. So $1,774 in extra taxes per year for people between seventy five and 100000 and then for people between 100 and 200,000, you will have to pay an extra $3,791 per year to pay for somebody else's 
loan. Well, I mean, so if you put it this way, if you took out the loans, you can say, okay, I am paying for me, for instance, I am paying a thousand dollars this year. Well, and every additional year to get rid of $10,000 of my debt or right. with the Pell Grants, right. it could possibly be 20. Um, but if this is forever, <laughs> then it outweighs itself. Right. Because the idea here is to make this continuing, right? He, if you, everybody knows, okay, we could cancel this much debt this one time. Oh, what about next year? Well, then now they already have a plan for that. What about in 10 years? Well, someone else is going to be president in 10 years. So like he, they could very well get rid of this or they could just make it more substantial or something. Right. But at the end of the day too, this is putting a bandaid on a problem that is always going to be there. What do you think is going to happen if you were running or if you had to guess it's somebody who's running a fancy private institution like Harvard or not even somewhere like that. Maybe it's like Colorado University or it's Ohio State. Okay. If you were the president and you had an obligation to um, or CEO and you had an obligation to like stakeholders okay, to make the most money, the government just made it so much easier for everybody to come and spend money here. What are you going to do? Probably raise tuition. Oh, yeah. Or you're certainly not going to lower it because no one's telling you you have to. And the government just made it that much easier for everybody to go and get a loan to pay for your to pay for your education. So there's absolutely no incentive for them to lower the cost like they're supposed to. Right. So this makes no sense to me because they could also use this as a reason that they raise it. Oh, well, um, our our faculty and our staff and everything, they now have to pay more in taxes every year. Um, they can't afford to live anymore, so we have to raise our prices now to help pay for them, which is total bullshit because they have enough money. But they're going to oh, yeah. say stuff like that. They're going to say that things are causing us to have to raise our to raise our rates. So this doesn't help anybody. No. This makes you pay for something you never asked for. Now, all of a sudden, you have to even though you made the conscious decision not to. Um, and it's dragging everybody down with it. So here's all the people. Here, wouldn't it make a little more sense to just have everybody who did pay for debt chip in to their own separate pot over here to try to help pay for everybody else's instead of saying, hey, Jesse, remember when you had the uh, opportunity to go to college when you know you graduated high school and you didn't and you didn't take out any debt? Well, here's some debt for you. You have to, you have to pay it now. <laughs> that is ridiculous to say that that is something that is like, that makes any sense. They did something before, which was, um, I think that deferring the payments helped out a ton. Right. But but that also means now that there are all these private um, finance institutions that gave out these loans in the first place that aren't getting paid back. So yeah. that's a ton of people that could possibly be out of a job because you defer them forever. Mm -hmm. um, so you can't just cancel it. I don't know why people think that it is just that easy and then they don't come up with these solutions. Like, so don't, get me, like, don't get me wrong. It, the idea of it is good. It's just you I'm not to trying to say that. that it's bad. No, but... yeah, and that's and that's the problem. I, the idea it, it's a good idea. It's just it needs it needs to be fine tuned. You know what I mean? Like, there's the, we, you got to work out the kinks in it. Uh, like there's said, a lot. It, it, there's a lot of kinks, but like I said, it's a good idea. I mean, it's like um, with Obama, like the universal health care. The idea of it was a great idea. It's mm -hmm. just 
how it got presented and how it ran was the that's issue. that's also universal healthcare is a lot more important to me than canceling student debt. Oh, for sure, hundred percent makes makes no sense. So, um, I want to say this too. There are people that I've seen online. There was one story about a guy who went to law school and the bar exam. Everybody knows how hard that is, right? So yeah. he said he went to law school. He owes $300,000. And he said that he can't get a job because he never passed the bar exam. He took it twice. And now he can't afford to do anything because he owes so much money because he owes, I think it was 330 or something like that. And yeah. um, I can pull it up so that everybody knows where I got that from. I'm pretty sure it was Business Insider. And he said that when loans were deferred, he was able to help his, he was had all this extra money now that he could help his um, kids pay for their own college and help try to get them ahead. So you got caught up in the academic system that tricked you into paying $300,000 for you to never pass the bar exam because guess what? It's hard. And you yeah. should think about that before you commit to that much debt. <laughs> and then when loans were deferred, you paid back into the system by telling your kids to do the same exact thing. <laughs> maybe he had them go to state school or something. And maybe he was just paying for like what you did, you know, that, that minimal amount. Yeah. He was able to help them and they're going to come out debt free because they did it a smarter way than he did. Right. It just seems really weird to me that he yeah. would immediately turn around and be like, let me pay for school for, for you. <laughs> right. Like, I owed all this money and I saved all this money right now. What can I do with this? Let me put it back into education. <laughs> and and here's the other thing too. You absolutely, and this is coming from somebody, I really, I really, really do value education. I really do value oh, yeah. like academia and stuff. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast. I mean, I even, like I said, I'm in debt too. I'm not in anywhere near the debt that's going to cripple me. Mm -hmm. um, I went back and I, and I got a graduate degree. So technically that's like what, 26 years or whatever right there yeah. of education. So I really, I really do put a lot of like stake into having a proper education and stuff but i also understand that it's a business and when i was looking for that graduate degree i did not go and try to oh well i need the very best school that has because what is it going to do for you at the end right. of the day you need that experience exactly and, and that degree matters to an extent right so i'm not i, I had the choice i got accepted to um denver university or university of denver or whatever for that MBA, they wanted $80,000. But I went somewhere else and got it for twenty-four. Yeah, see, like... <laughs> Which, that's a, such a huge difference. It's not even... It's like a quarter of what that would yeah. cost. And I guarantee that my job outlook is the same for somebody who came out of that institution unless they had all this other experience with them. Right. So yeah. you... You make choices in your life and people are there out there to make money. Why do you think that um, all of these colleges have all these huge, giant, enormous, beautiful buildings with some of their tenure instructor instructors making $300,000 a year at University of Texas at Austin? Yeah. Where do you think the money comes from? Your pocket. So it's really hard for me to empathize with people like that. I know that 
I know that it's a problem and I know that it really does hurt families and I, and I sympathize with that. But there has to be another way to do it other than making people that never asked for it pay for it forever and then it, increasing the odds of the debt never getting fixed by right. allowing institutions to every excuse to raise prices. That's what's going to happen. No, and I, I mean, like I said, I, I agree. It's like we said earlier, it's a great idea. It's just how they presented it and how they want to do it is like, you can do this a lot, a lot better. <laughs> right. But also Biden needs to get his approval rating up. And so many people, liberals, like mostly liberals, no, not a single Republican voted for this. He, it, those are Biden's words. Not a single Republican wanted this to happen. Are just going to eat it up because again people want to do what's best for them in the moment instead of yep. thinking about how this actually affects them and they could say oh well i thought about this because this is gonna free up so much money for me i could go do something else with this that's true i guess you're gonna owe a little less than you did before but now people who never ever signed those loan notes have to pay for it too and that's just simply not fair this is this is democratic socialism at its finest and no, i and that's even the funny thing. There's a lot of Democrats that don't that don't like it because they're like, oh, he didn't go far enough. I'm like, how? We have such a problem with the economy right now, and this isn't going to help. No. This is really, I mean, first of all, if there was ever a time to do this, this isn't the time. Well, and I mean, dude, like, if you want to judge the economy, like we talked about this on our podcast before, um, look at the trucking industry. I work in it. We are starting to slow down. Mm. And this whole summer, we haven't been busy, and this is our peak season. Yeah. Well, I thought Christmas was. Nope. Oh. Right. Well, I mean, right now, I mean, dude, I can't. Oh, for free. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I, dude, I can't tell you how much freaking Halloween candy we've already shipped out. <laughs> Insane. Like, we were just getting trailers just full of it. I'm like, good God. Yeah. And probably in a month and a half, we're going to probably start getting all the Christmas candy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which that's a whole nother podcast. Like, why why do we start in this? Why why are we starting holidays so early? No, <laughs> no, I know. I already see posts of people putting up um, like fall decorations and stuff. Walmart has them right now. It's August isn't even over. I know We're, we haven't even hit Labor Day yet. Like it's yeah. uh, that that could be a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, okay. So, oh, this is this is one. This isn't going to matter to people as much, but I think this is a big deal. Remember, I was talking about the brackets of what you're going to yeah. owe. So, taxpayers with the highest incomes, between two hundred thousand and five hundred thousand dollars a year, you can say that this isn't a lot of money. But think about number one, how much they get taxed. They are going to owe an additional cost of eleven thousand nine hundred forty dollars. You're probably, if you're making two hundred thousand or five hundred thousand dollars a year, you're probably getting half of it taken away, anyways. Right. And I and I understand that's a lot of money. And I understand you don't need that much money. But then here's the other thing, too. This is how this country works. You have the right and the ability to make a ton of money if you're really good at something. Yeah. If you start a business and everybody buys into it, why shouldn't Tim Cook at Apple make a billion dollars? <laughs> you buy a different fucking phone every year when it comes out. You buy the newest iPad every time it comes out, the newest AirPods, and they're all super expensive, and guess what? You do it anyways. So they have the right to do that, but they also have the right to keep their money and not have to pay for other crap that exactly. you decided that you wanted to do. If it was $12,000 a year to go towards universal healthcare or something, or just right. or just $400 billion towards people's healthcare, I would be a lot more for it. 
because, yeah, for sure. Because I think that really, really matters. Right. No, I 100% agree. But hold on. I got to go back real quick on the whole buying an iPhone and iPad, you know, every year. Why? Oh, I don't get it. Um, My phone right now, people, I'm not going to upload this in the video format, but to, this is a glorified iPhone 8. Yeah, I, I have I have a iPhone 11. Yeah. Because my iPhone 6 finally crapped the bed like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, they make so <laughs> hey, they make good products. I buy them. I just don't buy them anywhere near as often as someone else. Also, I yeah. paid two hundred dollars for this phone, brand new from the T-Mobile store because yeah. they they called it something else. They put all the new software and all of the new um some of the new hardware inside this and just repurposed the case for the eight. So it has a little home button on it, but it works fucking fine. I've had it yeah. for two and a half years and it's great. And yeah. why spend more money? I spent two hundred dollars that was paid off years ago. <laughs> Exactly. Well, that's like also real quick. I was just thinking about this. I know we're kind of going off topic here, but it, have you seen like any of the new like T-Mobile commercials, like the map picture of the maps of like coverage mm -hmm. of like on the semi? Yeah, yeah. Has anybody cared to notice that almost the entire state of Nebraska is not in that? Like it's almost a perfect outline of the state of Nebraska. I want to say this just from personal experience. <laughs> I don't think this is going to change. I hate Nebraska. <laughs> I absolutely, and that's not because it's flat and hot and there's nothing to do there and everybody's a dick. It has to do with um, the Lincoln Police Department. So that when you drive through there, they pull you over for following someone too close in rush hour traffic when everybody's bumper to bumper and then decide to search you, search your car, make up a charge about finding pot flakes and then not proceed to even do anything about it. After they throw you in the back of a cop car on the side of the highway, searching with their drug dog and stuff because you're suspicious. Because your license plate was from Ohio. And why the yeah. fuck are you here? I mean, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. I get it. I mean, I see, like, I'll see a license plate from, like, Vermont. I'm like, what are you doing here? But who cares? Uh, someone probably knows someone who lives here. Yeah. Someone or... is coming on vacation. Why would you come to vacation in Ohio? Because you probably know somebody who lives here. But also... Why would you be on vacation in Nebraska? Because it's a pass-through state, because Colorado's after that. Yeah. Wyoming and the Tetons and Yellowstone are after that. All of the West Coast that every young person wants to see is after Nebraska, so they kind of have to go through it sometimes. Right. Well, I think it probably threw more threw them off because, you know, a lot of people, especially when you went, there weren't as many people going out road tripping because we were all locked up. So this was August 2020. There were still a decent amount of people. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, but, you know, not to the volumes, you know, like it used to be. Yeah, no, I get it. But um, the whole stop and frisk and fake idea of pot flakes being in my car, which, number one, what is that? <laughs> pot flakes, you mean like little leaves off of, but they don't even do that? I mean, was I running a plant? Were these buds? <laughs> What what and how do you know that they were that? I see, I would have been the, the windows are ass. down and it's fucking blowing wind everywhere. How do you know that that in the gear shift? And by the way, my gear shift was a rotary dialer. Huh. Be like, no, I was I just like putting oregano on my pizza while I drive. Sue me. <laughs> they brought the dogs, put bullet, had someone come out with bulletproof vests, everything, and then wrote me a warning. And I'm like, what do I do with this? He's like, oh, it'll expire in a week. So I, I'm going to throw this out. <laughs> Why did you even do this? Right. And not to mention, they also spilled oil on like my clothes in the trunk. Rude. So rude. I will never, ever touch Nebraska ever again. I hate that place. <laughs> I hate it so much specifically because of them. Completely unfounded. 
BS. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about the police here soon, maybe next week. <laughs> but um <laughs> we were supposed to talk about it today. Things happened and we couldn't. Um scheduling conflicts and um let's just be honest, some people that wanna have strong opinions that don't about racial issues and don't want to talk to other races about it. Completely dumbfounded. I have no idea how that even makes any sense. Um we're not here for that. No. We bring up we bring up topics that um that are important. We bring up things that are of of top of mind today. Some of those things obviously have to do with race because it happens to be a big issue right now. Oh yeah. In a lot of different ways. And there happen to be some pretty um like nation changing ideas about how we should run the place that have to do with making lives better for certain minority groups. And if you don't want to have a conversation with a minority group about a huge decision that drastically affects them, because you don't think that you have the right to discuss that with them, but you are a majority, you are part of the majority that is going to vote in favor or against something and you can't have that conversation, then you shouldn't be planning on voting. You shouldn't, even be thinking about the topic if you can't just sit down with somebody and talk about something that hurts them or right. or doesn't hurt them. I mean, have the have the discussion. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how you can do that. I don't understand how you can sit there and have pretty strong opinions about a radical idea and not want to be actively against talking with another person about it specifically based on a racial thing that you have in your head <laughs> that because of your race you shouldn't talk about it <laughs> and you absolute or you would talk about it with someone else who is your race but you don't want to talk about it with the race that you think it's affecting that is stupid that is some of the dumbest thing i've ever heard no i uh, and it I, contributes to the problem right no i agree with you so just don't just don't have the thought then. Say you're not comfortable with it. Say that you have you don't know enough about it and you don't want to make any decisions. That's all fine. But don't try to don't try to pull the wool over my eyes and not see that that itself is a very racist thing to do. <laughs> so that's my little that's my little uh, monologue here. Hardcore <laughs> hardcore opinion based let it be known but um that's what i'm gonna leave on that's fair <laughs> is there anything that you want to end with um no i'm trying to think i don't really have anything else i got to think of at the moment okay well we are uh, going to be we are going to be back on soon to discuss the topic of abolition as it refers to abolition of the police and the abolishment of the prison system. We are working on getting some guests for that. And yeah. that is going to be a really good, really good topic to discuss. And I've got some books to reference this time. Ooh. Usually I just reference on the internet because it's the easiest, most accessible thing. But I happened to be in this um in this bookstore the other day and came across some some interesting reads. I'm not going to endorse them, but I do want to discuss them. <laughs> That's fair. So that'll be what we talk about next time. 
or, or it may not be next time because we may have another scheduling conflict or something like that, which happens and is okay. Uh, yeah, but we will get to it soon. We are still slowly growing, so we're going to have some bumps in the road, but exactly. we'll get through it. We will get there soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next time. Yep, we'll see you guys.